Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I come to work with two hands every day and I'm trying to bless somebody. We better be in Florida. It better be sunny. And there better be some sort of fruity drink involved. With Matt Harmon. It seems like you know ball the way you talk, so. <laughs> Thank you. Someone clip that. You can get on a podcast. You can get online. You can argue with the clouds. You can argue with the, with the Russian bots. Don't care. Good morning. It's Thursday, October 6th. Welcome to the podcast sponsored by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation, the makers of Lecvio and Clizarin. It's a Stat Nerd Thursday. That means it is time to welcome in the man, the myth, the legend, fresh off a big 49ers win over a division rival. It's Dalton Del Don. Dalton, how are we doing, man? Doing all right. Had a rough fantasy week, which we'll talk about more uh, later, but went to the game Monday night, saw the Niners win. That was good. I barely survived my $6 million survivor pool with the Packers. Wow, I got my money's worth. Down to just 1,200 people left, so super super intense there but um yeah uh, how are you doing Harmon? i'm doing good dalton i actually uh just did an event uh with bud light yesterday shout out to bud light that's a free plug on the show right there um i did a, an event like with their survivor game or whatever so I, sh- I actually meant to text you yesterday like hey give me some tips to sound smart about survivor uh but i did hype you up uh during the during the whole discussion about like you know about how you are your whole your whole strategy and your approach and stuff like that and, and we did relive uh your glorious collapse last year. It was it was Lions Cardinals, right? I'm remembering that that right was the uh, was yeah. Car- Cardinals were 15 and a half point favorites, and they went eight and one on the road last season. But yep. the lone loss I had them in, in Detroit, right? Yes. Uh, so yeah, we, we talked a lot about that, but uh, yeah. So you're fr- Dalton Del Don, fresh on the mind. Uh, but yeah, man, great Niners win. That was awesome. Um, yeah. To be clear, that right. was one of 23 people left with a six million dollar yes. prize. One of 23 people left with a six million dollar prize last last year. So yeah. Pretty I mean, I didn't want to so. twist. I didn't want to twist the knife. I just brought it up like yeah. slightly. I didn't need to fully yeah. fully bring it up all over again. But I I do remember last year at that point. You're like, honestly, I'm almost kind of glad it's done because it's I'm I've been such a horrible person. I've been so stressed about it. So uh, that always uh, fond memories there on the uh, Stat Nerd Thursday show. Um, we have a lot to dive into today. We're going to talk a little bit about the opposing team with the 49ers several, time, several times on the show today. We've got some news to get into. we got a big Thursday night game that it, you know might be an eyesore. But before we do all of that, let's talk some DFS for a minute. Dalton and I will be giving you our DFS picks a little bit later. So if you're not already playing Daily Fantasy on Yahoo, now is the time to start. 
To get started, go to yahoo.com slash daily fantasy and use promo code Harmon15 or just click the link in the episode description, then use the code Harmon15 on your first deposit of five bucks or more, and Yahoo will give you an extra 15 bucks in site credit. Remember, that comes right out of Andy Barron's salary, so extra incentive to do it. Again, that's code HARMON15 to get your first deposit bonus. The code is active until October 9th, so time is running short and cannot be combined with other bonuses. Rewards program terms apply. Also, New extension to the podcast on Fridays at 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Myself and the great Scott Pianowski will be going live on the Yahoo Sports YouTube channel and on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy to take all of your fantasy questions, cover the latest injury reports, all the news that we're going to get on Friday. We tape our weekly preview shows, and then immediately we get news on Friday morning that we didn't have then. So I think this is a good way to have a little bonus episode of the podcast, so make sure you tune in for that every Friday starting this Friday. Okay, on to the show, Dalton. A couple pieces of news here to hit. Um, Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy says that Dak Prescott isn't fully ready to return. No kidding. Jerry Jones, I think, said this week that he's, you know, can't grip the football quite right yet. So we got at least one more Cooper Rush game, which at this point is fine. Like Cooper Rush is an established at this point, competent NFL backup quarterback and not bad news for our fantasy teams. Yeah, my, my main takeaway here is that I have C.D. Lamb as my wide receiver four this week. His expert consensus rank is the wide receiver 10. So apparently I'm bullish on him. Rams are top 10 in EPA per rush on defense, bottom five in EPA per pass. So that's a pass funnel defense. Uh, Cooper Rush has proven to be plenty adequate and feeding Lamb. Lamb's actually had a tougher schedule and been unlucky looking at his, his air yardage and targets. So uh, wheels up for Lamb as a top five guy this week. I feel like we talked about this game or I talked about it with somebody at some point, you know, with the Rams defense right now, they they're really susceptible in zone coverage against those like crossing routes, middle of the field routes, stuff like that. And they're not tackling a ton uh, in those open field plays that obviously came to fruition with Debo Samuel. And, you know, CeeDee Lamb's no Debo Samuel after the catch. I mean, I, I would argue that. Almost nobody in the NFL from a receiver perspective is as good as Debo Samuel in the open field. But C.D. Lamb can actually can, can 100% make those plays. He can win downfield. Uh, you know, he ran a beautiful route against Washington, uh, that, that fake go route to the post route. Guy's just playing out of his mind right now. I think, like, I'm I'm done with any arguments about, yeah, C.D. Lamb is good, but how good is C.D. Lamb? Um, and, and, and I think it's a really good matchup for him. Another note about that matchup is the Rams. I'm not sure the updated stats, but entering Monday night, I know the Niners ranked first in pressure rate and the Rams ranked dead last and they didn't get much pressure Monday night. So that should help Cooper Rush and company too with their makeshift offensive line there. So uh, yeah, I like the the setup for Lamb, no matter who's quarterback there. And boy, there's a, a lot of a lot of issues in, in the Rams. I mean, our guy Brandon Ayuk was running wind sprints wide open uh, being yeah. there. You could watch and not just the one that keeps getting replayed by the goal line where he kind of juked Ramsey. That ball actually could have been batted down by Aaron Donald. Uh, the rest of the game, Ayuk was was totally open downfield many, many times. But that's going to be a Jimmy G issue for us uh, moving yeah. forward. Yeah, that's just the Jimmy G playbook, right? Like plays left on the field, stuff like that. Who knows if Trey Lance would have, uh, you know, capitalized on that. But it just is what it is with Jimmy G. A couple more points of the Cowboys just to make here. You brought up the pressure rate stats. Their left tackle, rookie Tyler Smith, yeah, has been great so far. Um, you know, to the point that they've been playing like Jason Peters at guard. Um, you know, when he was probably signed with the idea like might, that he might be the left tackle. But 
<laughs> I, sometimes, sometimes I, I don't know whether with the Cowboys to give them credit for, you know, they drafted Tyler Smith and like, you know, Jerry Jones held up the draft board, all that kind of crazy stuff after, after they picked him, but they, I, I don't know whether they, they do these things and like they get it right or they fall ass backwards into success <laughs> a little bit. Like the same thing with Dak Prescott, right? Like they obviously f- fell ass backwards into Dak when they really wanted to take like Paxton Lynch and then that Connor Shaw guy or whatever, um, they end up with Dak. So never really sure whether to give them credit for these type of things. But hey, he's the first round pick for them that they probably weren't originally planning to play at left tackle, but he's been awesome at left tackle for them. Um, and Michael Gallup, man, made his return 85% routes per dropback did you know he caught the touchdown as well like that's huge news for this Dallas offense like for how much Cowboys panic there was early in the season this offense looks really good like at this point the offensive line looks like it's not a big issue you know Cooper Rush has kept the ship afloat but I think Dak will obviously come back and you know things will be most likely better with Dak Prescott they're getting Michael Gallup back no no Browns playing well man like this might be a good time to you know sit there and think like hey I'm going to start juicing up expectations for Cowboys. Even guys like Zeke and Tony Pollard, who are going to be frustrating, but we would imagine if they're going to score more touchdowns with with Dak back at some point, that's huge in terms of their weekly range of outcomes. Yeah, there were dramatic splits with Tyron Smith on and off the field, left tackle. So Tyler Smith able to, to just replace that pro, uh, you know, com- competitively, if not just like smoothly. It's big big news for the Cowboys offense moving forward. And yeah, Gallup returning, getting him back to full speed will be will be real huge too with uh considering their you know their lack of depth at wide receiver and Tolbert, you know, still not getting it getting it done. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh elsewhere in the NFC East. Commanders running back Brian Robinson. Uh, we obviously know he was shot before the season started. Uh, he's officially designated to return to practice. Sounds like he, he could make his debut against Tennessee this week, which is great for Brian Robinson. You love that for him. Um, Antonio Gibson's role has steadily declined on like a week by week basis. Um, I don't think he's even remotely in starting consideration um, at, at this point, like from a rest of season standpoint, I'd clearly rather have Brian Robinson just because of the upside of the unknown. Like we know what Antonio Gibson is right now. And in situations where Washington is not controlling the clock, I just don't. I mean, honestly, that's probably not great news for Brian Robinson either, that there's not going to be very, very many of those situations. But regardless, the upside of the unknown, I, I think, is still really strong for Brian Robinson. I'm not 100 percent sure what like his roster percentages. I probably could look it up while we're talking about this. But if he's still out there in any waiver wires, he absolutely should be added everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gibson snaps per week, uh, starting week one, 45, 39, 33, down to 27 last week. Just nine routes ran for him. So, yeah, if he's phased out before Robinson returns, uh, it's clear the coaching staff has moved on. So Robinson should be rostered in all fantasy leagues right now just to see what happens. Don't play him right away. Don't start him right away, but absolutely needs to be rostered. Okay, Brian Robinson is rostered in 58% of Yahoo leagues, which, um, you know, is, is is definitely worth exploring if he's on your waiver wire. Go out there and make sure he's added. He's still technically IR eligible right now, uh, so you can stick him in your IR spot, uh, and then if he gets activated uh, in time for Sunday. Yeah, don't, I'm, I'm with Dalton. Don't start him, but uh, certainly is a guy that needs to be on rosters everywhere. Uh, elsewhere, Cole Beasley retires. I don't really care. Um, you know, <laughs> It just signifies that Tampa Bay is getting healthier, man, um, and, and that's great news. Uh, for this Buccaneers offense that from a box score perspective started to look like the unit that we expected it against Kansas City on Sunday night. Yeah, totally getting their their receivers back. 
Is Brady going to lose his third straight home game? Atlanta, on the other other hand, has been lucky. But Brady dealing with all these off-field issues. And man, uh, Harmon, yeah. uh, more and more talk about, uh, you know, you, you started this, uh, this, this stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of different off-field issues for him. But that, that go ahead. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear any other media outlets start trying to jump on this whole Tom Brady witchcraft curse thing when Dalton and I were on it first. Okay, so I don't want to hear it. I don't want to start seeing any stories coming from anywhere else. If you're gonna do it, you better credit the Yahoo Fantasy Bree Football and your forecast. Wife. Yes, and Bree, and you better wife. credit yeah. Bree. You better credit um, Brianna Harmon, right? Like, because she is the one who's on it. On was on this story, alerted me about it on TikTok before anyone else. Okay, so we want the credit. For this story, if other outlets are going to pick it up, remember where you heard it first, people. Tom Brady, witchcraft, the possible curse. It's all out there at this point. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Although I will say, you know, the guys are getting healthier. Mike Evans balling out, man. I believe he leads all wide receivers in first downs per target right now. He's starting to score touchdowns. So, uh, you'll love to see that. Uh, we'll just hope that the curse doesn't, you know, or that the witchcraft problems don't rear their ugly head at some point this year. Yeah, our Mike Evans, Gabe Davis bet. You know, I've never been to Father's <laughs> Office. I heard they have a great burger in L.A. I, I'll take you to a nicer one if you want, but I'm already uh, thinking where I'm going to buy you lunch. Because, uh, nah, yeah, dude. that one's, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's Father's uh, Office not, is good. No. Okay. Uh, Father's right. Office yeah. is good. It actually was right by where I used to live in Culver City. I could have I could have walked there, but uh, I'll, I'll get I'll get in the car. Uh, you know, whatever you good. whatever you want, man. I mean, you, yeah, you, you might, I don't know what I'm might... saying. You get to choose, man. I'm buying you. So you get to choose. But uh, yeah, I believe me. I, I, I thought of that over the weekend when that one might already be over after. Uh, yeah. Evans looking good. But um. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, like let's let's talk about Gabe Davis actually because I mean he is like he he's up there with Allen Robinson in the in the cardio club right now, just running, not getting targets. His targets per route run is like south of ten percent right now. How much do you want to chalk that up to the injury versus how much do you want to chalk that up to Gabe Davis is Gabe Davis uh, or the fact that the you could also say the Bills are not throwing the ball downfield like they used to because nobody's throwing the ball downfield that much this year. So I got a lot wrong in the receivers, which I'll talk about later. But Gabe Davis, I feel like I can kind of blame the ankle injury. This is a guy who saw 27% target rate on first downs after the bye last week. Um, and that was with Emmanuel Sanders still playing. Uh, a target share was there last year. The targets is why I liked him. But I know you questioned him as a player in real life. So it's convenient for me to say he's just it's the, the fault of the of the ankle him hobbling around out there. I know one thing is that I um, I looked and I have him in 15 of my league. And I don't even know if I can start him this week if he's out there as a decoy. He's among the, the lowest target rate in the NFL per route run. Yes, he's running a lot of routes because he's the better blocker than Diggs, but that's not resulting in any fantasy value at all. So it's been brutal. But now with, I mean, we might be looking at, uh, you know, Khalil Shakir because Crowder's hurt and Mc, um, Crowder's out and McKenzie is, is dealing with a maybe possibly severe concussion. So, man, Gabe Davis, let's get going. The Bills have the highest pass rate over expectation in the NFL. Come on, guy. I mean, this is bad. This is not good at all, but it's been absolutely brutal. I liked him and I liked Allen Robinson, and they've just been flat out awful. Yeah, they're again, let's talk let's talk about that. You jump into his stats right here. The cardio club, man. The guys who are just out there getting getting their running in, you know, getting the getting the cardio in on a on a weekly basis. Bottom 5 players in targets per route run. Paris Campbell, talk about another guy that needs it's just come on. Let's get Ashton Doolin on the field, you know. I mean, obviously we do definitely need more Alec Pierce, but I, I think <laughs> what I said with Andy a couple weeks ago, Paris Campbell actually staying healthy for once has revealed that he's really actually just not that good of a wide receiver. Um, Gabe Davis is second, 9.5% 
targets per route run. Uh, ben Skoranek and Allen Robinson are both at 11% there at three and four. Um, and then number five is KJ Osborne, 11.9% targets per route run. Like that is a rough, rough list. Those guys are out there and you're not getting looks. It is interesting to me that two Rams receivers here are in the bottom because Matthew Stafford is just locking in on, on Cooper Cup, man. So yeah. uh, it, it is it is pretty outrageous. Uh, and Tyler Higby too. Then like that's it. Yeah, A-Rob totally looked toast Monday night out there. Um, it was obviously a tough, tough matchup, but man, I would not blame anyone to dropping him in a 12-team league. Stafford's dealing with this elbow issue too. It's possible that's that's part of the issue here. He doesn't have as much uh, zing on his fastball this year, but the offensive line has taken a step back. This team cannot yeah. run the ball at all. At all. Um, at all. So it's just so predictable. Cooper Cup is just the most the reliable fantasy player, period. But yeah, I mean, it's it's ugly elsewhere. Um, I'll talk a little bit my my receivers. First of all, I have to start with the humble brag that I rank first in the weekly fantasy pros um, uh, ranking receivers in season this year among 200 plus rankers. I have to say that because I'm just going to eviscerate myself now. Dude, I was high (laughs) on not just Gabe Davis and Allen Robinson, but Elijah Moore, DJ Moore, Rashad Bateman. I mean, it's it's really a, a list of the of the biggest bust right now. And I'm trying to think of something, a takeaway, an actionable one here. And other than Gabe Davis uh, with his ankle injury, it's, it's just trying to kind of predict unknown situations where DJ Moore, a new quarterback, Allen Robinson, a new quarterback, even guys I wasn't particularly high on, say Deontay Johnson, also dealing with a new quarterback, Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin. Terry McLaurin, yeah. and not, not necessarily my guy, but another receiver disappointment dealing with the new quarterback. So these uh, we've never seen Rashad Bateman do it before. That's just me projecting. You know, that's how I always uh, I like to do the next big thing. We hadn't seen him do it. So these guys where we haven't seen it and these new situations appear to be, you know, the, the, the issue there. Elijah Moore, they drafted Garrett Wilson. Yeah, everyone has a particular situation. But I think a lot of it has to do with me expecting something that just was not there in a new environment. You know, I'm just it's the NFL is so damn unpredictable as we see. Uh, weekly, um, I, I need to be uh, a little bit safer in that when I realize that these offseason when so much so much change. Yeah, I mean, you did have Bateman ranked aggressively high. Um, would you have like wide receiver 17, something like that? But yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. But still, I actually don't I don't feel that bad about Bateman. I mean, number one, he is hurt now. So that's that's questionable, like going forward at this point. Yeah, well, he might have a the... mid foot sprain and he might be totally done. Yeah, I mean, there's no yeah, way. Yeah, it's, it's troubling. But but still like. He gave you two good weeks, two bad weeks, uh, and the, but the tar- the 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 routes per dropback rate was really concerning, and obviously that cratered last week with the injury. Going forward, it could be mercurial, but I don't know. I don't want to hear people complaining about like Rashad Bateman uh, through the first four weeks because he did give you two big like use, especially week you know week two. Like if you started him in week two, you probably won your matchup because he was that good. Obviously, there was going to be some volatility there, but. There's going to be volatility with every wide receiver. I'm, I'm going to let you off the hook for that one. I'm going to let me off the hook for that one. The DJ Moore thing is is about as is about as bad as it gets, right? Because Baker Mayfield, I, I, didn't, I was never a big Baker guy, but there was no way I imagined he was going to be this bad. Dalton, he, he has the second highest expected completion percentage right now, but he ranks 32nd in completion percentage over expectation, ranks 32nd in EPA per dropback, like he has been the stone worst quarterback in the NFL and it's not even close. I think what I, what I take away from the DJ Moore thing is if you know, an ecosystem is bad and like rotten and there's, we should have known and should have given more credit to the fact that that ecosystem in Carolina 
is rotten. Like there and Baker Mayfield was not good enough to come in there, you know, and and elevate a rotten situation. And he's just he's rotted with the whole thing. Um, so that I think is my big takeaway from DJ Moore is that no, uh, yeah, I want to take accept responsibility for DJ Moore. This guy never commanded red zone targets, no matter who the quarterback was. And the Carolina, you just hit the nail on the head. The infrastructure, I, I no excuses, man. We should have seen it coming. Matt Rule. Yeah. Not good. Uh, Adam Levitan tweeted that they're, the Carolina is on pace to run the fewest plays in the last 20 years. Uh, I believe is, is that yeah, right. I yes. mean, so that that's not going to be helpful for fantasy players. So, um, yeah, DJ Moore. And, and if McCaffrey can stay healthy, he's obviously going to command the targets there, too. So it's, it's it's not great with Moore at all. I don't see how you can even start him. I mean, if he no. if he's putting up that yardage, empty yardage with that many targets against Arizona, the premier pass funnel opponent right now. It's not good, man. You can't you can't use them. It's it's bad. Yeah. So I think that's a that was a big miss for me, too. I had him ranked a few spots ahead of consensus. Like I went back and forth between like A.J. Brown and D.J. Moore at, at wide receiver 12 and 13. And it's like, oh, my God, see, that is one of those times where like I want to go back and slap myself and be like, dude, you know that D.J. Moore is a pretty good player in a rotten situation. But A.J. Brown is a top five like receiver. OK, like with wide receivers, sometimes obviously D.J. Moore didn't work out, but like if you trust talent for the most part, like it can win out when they're not in like absolutely rotten situations. I mean, with like Allen Robinson last year, great example. Like that was a rotten situation and it all went to hell really fast. And I feel like DJ Moore is probably going to be this year's type of guy like that, where you can almost never drop him, but you can never, ever play him. And I think like, that's going to just be what he is at this point, like, because he'll have some weeks and, you know, the usage metrics will be there, but like, you'll, you'll never feel comfortable playing him. And those, those receivers are the stone work. So I, I definitely accept responsibility for being too high on DJ Moore. And I should know, I should know better with the MF and Carolina Panthers, man. Okay. I should know better with the, with the damn Panthers. Uh, let's and move you, on. Yo, you warned ahead. me about Gabe Davis. I just have to say, I mean, you, you did, you, you, I, do you, do, what do you think about the ankle? I mean, it's got a, a combination of both, I guess is the easy answer. I mean, it was bad weather too. So many drops last week. It was weird. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's hope if he's healthy, I'd still be like, Oh, buy low. But the fact he might be dealing with some ankle injury that he hurt in a walkthrough just makes it more ridiculous. Uh, it could be a frustrating thing that limits him all year. And if he's out there still, it's, you know, be one of those frustrating situations, you know, continuously. And he plays like every single snap, like he is on the field for almost 100% of the team snaps right now. And that's frustrating because you wish if a guy was hurt, he would just not play, right? He would just sit out a couple weeks, 100%. get healthy, yes. whatever. But that's not the way this is going, I think, because the problem is if they play if they play Jake Kumaro, you know, that was what we saw when he did miss time. He went just, down like, with a high ankle sprain too. See, there's like yeah. no one even out there yet. I mean, they're not even throwing it to Knox. So, man, come on, Gabe, get get it right. But I guess Khalil Shakir, go go at him if you're in a deeper league. I do. I'm a big Khalil Shakir guy. He was one of my um, favorite like day three receivers. Uh, they've kind of tried to work him in at multiple positions, but um, we know they want to spread the field with a ton of options. Isaiah McKenzie, you know, got an limited practice. He has a concussion right now, but, you know, Jamison Crowder is out. He's on IR and out indefinitely. So there's absolutely opportunity for Shakir. And this is this is the problem, I think, for guys like Gabe Davis, who if you really look at the bulk of his career, people tr people treated him, I think, in drafts this year as if he was like a first like a former first round pick. Right. But he's a former fourth round pick. Like if he goes out there and has a bunch of dud weeks and like Mackenzie and Shakir, like in a theoretical world, like outplay him or something like that. The Bills have no incentive to just like, OK, let's. Like the Rams at least have some incentive to be like, okay, let's figure it out with Allen Robinson because he's on the team for the next like two years, probably based on his contract, unless they just want to eat a ton of dead cap, which 
they might. They have an incentive to figure it out with Allen Robinson. There's really no incentive for the Bills to figure it out with Gabe Davis if he keeps playing like this. But I do think he I do think he's injured. I think that's part of it. But even in week one, like targets per route run was super low because that's just the way it's going to be with a guy like Gabe Davis. You can't funnel a bunch of targets to a volatile player like that. My only counter to you is he was a super young prospect for one, uh, Gabe Davis. And he he's, a, I mean, crazy workout over the offseason. Maybe I fell for that. But this guy, I don't know. He just seems more he's way younger than Allen Robinson. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't know. It seemed no, to me not, that the team was super sold on him as their future number two for the next you know, four or five years. And uh, I don't know. I guess we'll never know. And maybe, maybe it was Ankle's fault. Maybe not. Either way, I, I'll look bad. Either way, I guess it won't matter. But well, I, I, I still think there's plenty of time for Gabe Davis to turn it around. Like I don't mind. I, but I think he's probably just a wide receiver three. Even in a best case scenario, I don't think he has a chance to. I mean, I never bought the the ceiling ceiling case for Gabe Davis, but I also never bought like the stone floor case for Gabe Davis. I always said it was just some. I was a centrist on the whole Gabe Davis debate. There, uh, I think he probably in a best case scenario levels out as a wide receiver three for this team. So if you, if you do have, uh, if you could, I won't don't mind trading for Gabe Davis on the cheaper, trying to buy low stuff like that. Cause at some point he'll be healthier. And at some point the bills offense, you would think is going to have bigger weeks um, than it did the last couple of weeks. Right. So I, I, I don't, I'm not all out on Gabe Davis, but I do think he, in a best case scenario levels out as a wide receiver three. And no, you know, it's been just, rough. I mean, just the target rate there and Allen Robinson, I think, ranks second to last in yards per route run. I mean, it's not that these guys haven't rough. hit. It's that this has been real rough. Yeah, it's yeah. been really rough. Yeah, like unplayable um, rough for Allen Robinson, three of the four weeks. And I'm dude, I, I just want to say this. I, I don't I, it's like it's sad. I, I feel I feel sad about it. Uh, the 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 Allen Robinson thing, you know, was like one of the big first biggest hits in reception perception history. And I guess I'm going to have to start to come to terms with this with guys that like I've been doing this since 2014 and like we're almost a deck, you know, a decade out. Um, there are certain guys that are going to age out. Right. And they're going to they're going to go down. I'm not I'm I will definitely be like the captain in, in the Titanic who just sits there and goes down with the ship when all the water comes in. I'll be the last one on the Allen Robinson boat. Um, but. How not, is his not floor great. not Robert Woods? I mean, their defense taking a major step back. They cannot run the ball. I mean, they don't have a third receiver. This is a perfect setup. It should be triple covering cup. This is like the perfect setup for, for an A-Rob explosion, and yet the opposite is occurring. Yeah. Um, well, number one, I definitely <laughs> think he has lost. He's a, for sure lost a step. Um, I actually think Troy Aikman really highlighted it well that when you watch him in like short spaces, he still has great technique he still has really good moves off the line of scrimmage can get off press coverage he just doesn't have the same vertical juice as he used to be and this offense badly needs vertical juice right like they need van jefferson to come back and like take the top off the defense to push some players out there's a little bit of like almost kind of overlap between the strengths in Cooper Cup's game and the strengths in Allen Robinson's game at some point, but the way they're lining them up couldn't be any more different, right? Like, they're still lining up Allen Robinson as a pure, like, X receiver, uh, you know, always on the line of scrimmage, always against press coverage, and we know Cooper Cup gets moved around the formation, stuff like that, and they're not scheme. I mean, Matthew Stafford even said it, like, yeah, the only times I throw to Allen Robinson does seem to be in, like, low percentage situations like <laughs> yeah buddy it's it sure does seem that way and also it's worth saying too matt stafford's playing like crap the offensive line is terrible i have like a, a top 10 you know we're we're yapping a lot so I'll, I'll make sure that we get to it but i have like a bottom <laughs> 10 uh combined offensive line metric that i a little just put together um and the rams are third to the bottom right now in terms of like 
adjusted line yards, sack rate allowed, pressure rate allowed. Like this offensive line gives pretty much no shot for them to do any sort of long developing routes. And that's really all that they're having Allen Robinson uh, run right now. So um, like I said, I'll be the, the guy in the Titanic going down with the ship, but it, it's pretty bad uh, right now. The waters are uh, the waters are getting high. That is for sure. They even warned there's going to be a Super Bowl hangover before. And it's just like so glaringly happening. <laughs> It's sad. I can't. I can't read the Allen Robinson tweets because it, it like it hurts too much. Uh, I just yeah. probably should be off off Twitter. Um, let's talk about a running back here. Um, and I I just want to um, get this out there because we talked about it last week, and I just realized it before we started recording. I know you talked about Brees Hall in a video that we just shot. We talked about his air yards per target on the preview show, and I think a little bit on the stats uh, nerd show last week. Dalton. Brees Hall's air yards per target has actually gone up from the 4.24 that I was geeked out about last week to now he's at 5.04, which I think is important because it was his first game with Zach Wilson and still got six targets with Zach Wilson. So I don't know. I feel like Brees Hall I still is a guy I still really want to buy like the um, outrageously high case for at some point. So that depth is especially crazy when you consider that Hall leads all pass catchers in targets per route run. I mean, that's great. That's crazy. I mean, so it's six with Zach Wilson. Definitely crucial. I guess he's dealing with nicks and bruises now. So, you know, check on his health status. Same with Zach Wilson, but tougher matchup this week against Miami. But uh, this is someone who's, you know, being ranked in the ECR, like in the high 20s. And I'm like, oh, he could have a top 10. He's gonna have a top 10 week and then suddenly be a a weekly uh, RB1 treated guy. It's just bound to happen one of these weeks very, very soon. Yeah, 100%, man. I feel really good about Brees Hall. And yeah, Michael Carter is still a guy to hang on to as, as great injury insurance. Like, uh, you know, I, don't, I think we're kind of past the point where Michael Carter's in starting consideration, but we know he's a good back and, and has that receiving ability if Zach Wilson continues to show that he's going to jive with his receiving backs. Um, let's talk about Geno, bro, because I want to I hear what you think about these Seahawks guys rest of season. Geno freaking rocks, man. He leads the NFL in completion rate over expectation. He's fifth in EPA per dropback. Uh, ben Baldwin's site, runningbacksdontmatter.com, which is, of course, a disrespectful uh, name, but nevertheless is the name of his site. There's the composite between those two metrics, and Geno is number one in the composite metrics uh, of EPA per dropback and completion rate over expectation. You know, Long story short, Geno Smith has just played good football where are you ranking guys like DK Metcalf, like Tyler Lockett, even your boy Rashad Penny, like rest of season? Because this prop, like Geno's hot streak probably goes cold at some point. I, like, I don't think he's going to end the year leading the NFL completion rate over expectation. But for now, like these guys are all going to hit way higher. At least the receivers are going to hit way higher um, in terms of where they were drafted this past uh, offseason. Yeah, so Geno Smith props to Derek Cardi's a blitz. I said it on the podcast last week that his system projected Geno to be the fourth highest scoring uh, fantasy QB last week. So hopefully you had him <laughs> in your DFS lineup, man. Um, I got, yeah, some receivers that I should have ranked higher. It's Metcalf and Lockett. Yeah. Uh, not only are they passing more without uh, Russell Wilson, but it's crazy. Metcalf's splits are better. His catch rate goes from 56% with Russell Wilson to 73% with Geno, and his yards per route run go up almost uh, almost a full yard. It's absolutely crazy. It's the most concentrated target tree in the NFL, possibly. They're not even using Drew Locke or Noah Fant from that trade. No. It's pretty funny. Fant ran fewer yeah, routes that, than that Will Disley. That is pretty funny. <laughs> Fant ran fewer routes than Will Disley last week. I mean, it's it's oh wild. So uh, it's all going to Lockett and Metcalf. They're... they're 
the the plays ran the last couple weeks, or at least last week, they, they, they started doing a little bit quicker there. Uh, we know nothing in fantasy football, man. I mean, who? who I mean, Gino yeah. is is the, is one of the best QBs this year. It's crazy. I love Rashad Penny. I hope he can stay healthy. And uh, what a, what a week last week. You had him in the first half. You were cursing yourself. The second half, you know, he looked again like one of the best fantasy players in in the league if he gets the opportunity. So yeah, the Seattle went from looking like probably a lot of those lists ranked them as you know a bottom three type fantasy team. Suddenly they're one of the best because of this concentrated target tree, Geno Smith playing well and Rashad Penny. It's it's pretty crazy. And I think this is also worth tying back to our Baker Mayfield discussion who, you know, when you look at like the charts of these two, like the graph of these two, you know, Baker Mayfield's all the way at the bottom and, and Geno Smith's like all the way at the top in terms of quarterback performance, which is pretty hilarious. Regardless of what you think about how good Geno Smith is, and I that is one of my biggest offseason regrets is like being way too hard on Geno um, and way too soft, I guess, on, on Baker Mayfield. But regardless of how good you think those quarterbacks are, we're talking about a Matt Rule-led team and a Pete Carroll-led team. And Pete Carroll has gotten a ton of crap from fantasy folks out there because of the whole let Russ cook nonsense. But I think Pete so far looks like he's coming out on the on the high end of that there. Just from an ecosystem infrastructure standpoint, like if I told you right now, Dalton, just take the names off the off the jerseys. Would you like to bet on the quarterback of a Matt Rule led offense or or like a Matt Rule led operation or or a Pete Carroll led operation? What would you say? Yeah, Carroll, no question. But the evidence we're seeing, it's yeah, I have to reevaluate Carroll as an offensive side of the ball. But uh, yeah, it's it's very very surprising. Like again, their pass rate increasing without Russ is just so funny. But the efficiency remaining. So yeah, Carroll. Carroll looks more right here in that. I know people criticize that Russ uh, contract toward the end of the contract, but um, man, I don't know. Maybe it might start looking questionable even before the the second half of it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we'll talk about Denver a little bit later. All right, Dalton and I are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to preview the TNF game and get through the rest of our stats this week. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, Dalton, I had to put this one on the outline because um, I know this is illegal for a fantasy football analyst to say, but I kind of like Arthur Smith's offense in Atlanta. I, I kind of like the, what they're doing there, the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons right now rank ninth in yards per drive, 10th in points per drive, and they're second in rush DVOA as an offense, man. Um I was I quote tweeted a video yesterday of Arthur Smith just saying they're going to run the piss out of the ball uh, against the Browns on Sunday. And look, you know, a bunch of people come back like, oh, you know, hating on Arthur Smith or whatever. I don't know what to tell you, man. The team is two and two with one of the worst rosters in the NFL. And they are, in fact, as the stats show, running the piss out of the ball. And they're doing a ton of fun stuff from a play action standpoint, from a pass design standpoint. So I know that everybody has their feelings hurt about Kyle Pitts, but I almost kind of want to tell you to like, number one, get over it. Number two, like learn to accept that 
the the coaches who, by the way, Kyle Pitts missed, uh, was not at the open portion of media practice today. Something like that I saw was reported this morning. If the team continues to win and the offense is good, like Arthur Smith doesn't have incentive to scheme things up for Kyle Pitts or whatever it is that people want. On one hand, I hear you. They could very easily be four and zero. I mean, week one they had a they yeah. blew a big lead to the Saints, and week two. Against the Rams, they were uh, at the very end. Ramsey saved a touchdown down six. I mean, they could be four and zero. Oh. Uh, that said, uh, as someone who may have used some some Drake London uh, last week, um, by the way, I might have confused that guy and call him London Drake. Just constantly flip his name. But uh, anyway, <laughs> I'm not as big of a fan uh, as you may be because this offense is just so neutered. I mean, Mariota has thrown 20 passes and then 19 passes the last two weeks. I don't care about the target rates for London and Pitts. If you're going to throw that few and I get it, they called a million run plays in a row because my guy Mariota has six fumbles and four interceptions while averaging just 23 pass attempts the last three games in luck adjusted EPA. He's in first by a mile among the quarterbacks. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here when playing at Tampa Bay, they're going to likely be playing from behind at some point and have be forced to throw it more. I get what you're saying. The results have been there. Caleb Huntley had eight carries in one drive last week, uh, but now no Patterson. So uh, I'd like to see a little more action with London and Pitts's way. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I hear what you're saying in the win-loss record, but it's just a disaster for fantasy. I mean, Mariota could be a great fantasy guy too, but man, when you're throwing the ball 22 times a game, it's, it's tough. By the way, uh, Caleb Huntley, I'm glad you brought him up because in that video, I think it was from Inside the NFL that I'm I, that I quote tweeted yesterday. Um, they asked, uh, shout out to Muncie, Indiana, great Parks and Rec uh, reference there. Apparently, that's where Caleb Huntley is from. Uh, maybe he's going to run into Gary and Gail Gergich uh, when they're out there at their timeshare in Muncie. But um, he scored, uh, which was obviously his first touchdown of his career. Uh, and Arthur Smith went up to him and said, uh, "You know, did, did you get the ball?" And he's like, I don't care about the ball. I don't care about that. And I was like, oh, man, Arthur Smith is going to love that. He's going to – Caleb Huntley's about to become this team's, like, featured guy because he doesn't care about the football. So, I don't know, interesting little anecdote there. But, yeah, look, this offense just – they run the ball really well. And I, when I watch it, I can't help but think, like, man, what if they had a legit bell cow back? And obviously, like, a legit quarterback, you know? That's, that's the real one there. It's like – what if what if uh what if they had a, a dude back there like Mariota hasn't played well that's why they're not throwing the ball a ton like I think if Arthur totally Smith fair. had yes you know totally if Arthur yes. Smith had yeah. Patrick Mahomes or 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 Josh Allen like he'd probably run a different type of offense you know what I'm saying so um that's kind of where I come down with this uh Falcons offense which again is impressive to me and, no that's uh, a fair know. way of, of tur- yes yeah maybe it maybe he's just being forced to because of all these uh, uh and like I said the luck adjusted too so yeah he's been he's been lucky he hasn't been turning the ball over even more on these limited opportunities and I like Mariota from a fantasy perspective, but it looks like he's uh, again, he really needs this team to keep winning for him to keep his job. Yeah, 100%. Uh, we probably see Desmond Ritter at some point, although Arthur Smith has kind of like rolled his eyes when asked about Desmond Ritter, so maybe he doesn't look that great either. Um, next thing up here, top 10 in unrealized air yards. I wanted to go through the top 10 of this because there's a lot of guys to take away here. Some of them are like, okay, Marvin Jones is on this list. I think we know why, though. Those are unrealized air yards, but top 10 in this metric among wide receivers and tight ends. Chris Olave leads the NFL, Deontay Johnson, Kyle Pitts, Jahan Dotson, Elijah Moore, George Pickens, Terry McLaurin, Marvin Jones, Mark Andrews, CeeDee Lamb. I think we can hack off a couple of guys here, like Chris Olave and Mark Andrews lead the NFL. They're like among the league leaders in just total air yards in general, so that's why they're here. 
Elijah Moore, this still gives me some hope for him. We'll see what this offense looks like. But the the couple teammates here, I think, are really interesting, right? Like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. Want to hear what you think about those two with a quarterback change? And I also want to discuss Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson a little more in depth after that. Yeah, Pickens is the guy I want to talk about the most here. I believe he led all pass catchers last week once Pickett came in in targets per route run. Um, I don't think it's crazy to prefer Pickens over Deontay Johnson, given the quarterback switch. Um, maybe you you tell me otherwise. Uh, Pickens is 53% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, absolutely should be added in every single one. Um, maybe there's a lack of upside in this passing offense. Sucks no matter who's quarterback the rest of the year. But given his ability and the hype and look at just the eye test, could be special right away. Especially Pickens makes mistakes. Who cares if the interceptions, if he's willing to sling it downfield, <laughs> that's all we care about in fantasy. And it's a good, maybe even a good thing if their defense isn't dominant or whatever. So yeah, Pickens, I'm very interested in. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I don't know that he's among the league leaders in terms of targets per... Last week, though, when he took over, when Pickett took over, he no one was targeted more per route, I believe. But Pickett, that's another um, another uh, tongue twister, Pickett to Pickens. But oh, that's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be, be It could be It could be a thing, though. It really could. Uh, I mean, I think it's... <laughs> But I mean, Trubisky must have been bad for uh, like Tomlin to move on that quickly, you know, because I'm sure he was going to be stubborn oh, yeah. sticking with the veterans. So, yeah, I'm very, very interested in, in Pickens. Yeah, 33.3% targets per route run in the second half uh, for George Pickens last week. Right? He, Kenny Pickett came in at halftime. There's a few guys that are higher than that. But regardless, like that is really high. There was a connection there between those two dudes. And, and look, I really like George Pickens. I think it's like time to move Chase Claypool to to the back burner and we need to see more of George Pickens. I still think it's a little crazy to say he'll be better than Deontay Johnson um, just because Deontay Johnson is good, right? Like he, we know he's good at football. Um, and, and I think that the one thing about Kenny Pickett is that like he's got some, he's he does have a more live arm than these other guys. Like he's got more mobility. Uh, but I also wanted to say too, dude, this is like the inverse of Arthur Smith where when I watch the, uh, Steelers offense, I want to like pluck my eyeballs out. Like I think Matt Canada is a horrible offensive coordinator. Like this offense is designed so poorly um, that I think even if Pickett is really, really good, I do think all these guys are going to have a cap ceiling. And, and I think it was a convenient excuse to say like, okay, last year. And I, I made this statement a hundred times over the last couple of years. Like Ben Roethlisberger is holding this offense back. Ben Roethlisberger is holding this offense back. And I think that's true to a degree, but I also think Matt Canada hold like his offense is, is going to be held back because it's not very good. Man, Deontay Johnson, 30, basically is averaging 10 targets a game and is 51 yards and zero touchdowns on the year. Just four last week with Pickett. So, um, yeah, maybe that'll look silly uh, moving forward, but I absolutely think there's a 45% chance Pickens is the better fantasy player moving forward, but maybe I'll, I'll give it 30%. I'll give it 30%, okay. but so not right. like completely outrageous, but also um, probably unlikely. But I do think we see more. I just think we see more of George Pickens and he should be. Um, he's a guy that like when you look at the percentage of routes he's run. They have just been having him run go routes on go routes on go routes. And we'll talk about a few more of these guys here in a second. But like from a percentage of routes run, he's one of the highest guys like running a bunch of go routes. It's unbelievable. So it's almost hard to judge him so far as like a route runner, technician, whatever, because like they're just having him run down the freaking field so far. Like he talk about a guy that's at least getting some targets, but he's definitely getting his cardio in, man. He, I hope he's wearing his Fitbit, right? That they're tracking his steps or whatever, man, because he, he's going to be in good shape after this. So I think Pickens is a guy to add, though, 100%. And by the way, the first matchup here is against the Buffalo defense that's been their opponent 
who's also included Lamar Jackson, has been the worst quarterback in, in the league, like the the stone, the stone worst, whoever's facing the Bills oh my this, God, this yeah. year. So tough matchup. I know. Poor Kenny Pickett, man. It's like, why wouldn't you just let him go out there against the Jets from the start? <laughs> I, I got to get thrown to the wolves here. I'm not. Uh, I love Mike Tomlin. Great, great coach has done a lot obviously since he's been uh, the, with the Steelers, but don't love how this quarterback situation has been handled, but uh, that's not my job to make that decision. I wanted to talk about Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson here because you mentioned Terry McLaurin has been one of the most disappointing receiver picks so far. He's had a couple of good games, but uh, for the most part, it's not been what you wanted. He's obviously on this list of unrealized air yards. So is Jahan Dotson. I thought this was really interesting. Both Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson have run 50 go routes this year. The only players with more are Marquise Brown, Jamar Chase, and the great Mac Hollins. So I actually think with, with Jahan Dotson, who's probably going to miss a couple weeks here. Like I know Terry McLaurin has been super frustrating, but going against a Titan secondary that can absolutely be beat uh, through the air. This might be a week to go back to Terry McLaurin. And, and I, I think that it's crazy that Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin have both just been running a ton of go routes, ton of go routes, like real low percentage stuff. Um, I think that kind of needs to change going forward. Like we need to see more of like some layup targets, come away from Curtis Samuel and more like deep targets go to him and some more layup routes go to Terry McLaurin. Some of the, 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 the deeper stuff come away from his plate. I think I want to add a Sigmund Bloom note to the quarterbacks versus Buffalo quickly. Um, they have out, been outscored by Justin Fields, even Mitchell Trubisky and Cooper rush have outscored quarterbacks versus oh, Buffalo, wow. despite them not playing four <laughs> complete games. So, I mean, that is absolutely brutal. Dotson's injury is definitely great news for McLaurin. I've been ranking Samuel ahead of him the last three weeks, even in our half PPR fantasy pros, just because of the usage. I mean, he's getting the carries, getting the targets. I know they're short, but um, Samuel's dealing with an illness, but uh, hopefully he'll be okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely better news for uh, McLaurin if he's not dealing with uh, this, this rookie alpha uh, competing for targets with Wentz. And, and I believe the schedule uh, eases up now for them yeah. a, a bit moving forward too. So uh, yeah, it'll only get better for scary Terry, but it's been, been a rough start. That's one thing too, with Terry McLaurin, like you do not want Carson Wentz going out there. Uh, Cause we're going to talk about bad offensive lines here in just a second and then transition it into Thursday night. Like Washington's offensive line is not good. And Carson Wentz is a disaster under pressure. He's a disaster with incoming guys. Like it, forget about it, right? And we've seen against the Eagles who have a bunch of good pass rushers and especially Dallas last week, bunch of good pass rushers. That that uh that 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 can curtail this entire operation. So going against Tennessee who is missing Harold Landry, you know, they don't have a ton of their edge rushing guys out there. This could be a really good spot to get back in on Wentz, on McLaurin, all of these guys there. So um shoot, I hope so, man. Yeah, I love Terry McLaurin. So uh, let, let's transition into this uh offensive line talk here. I combined uh basically adjusted line yards, sack rate, pressure rates come with the bottom ten offensive lines. And I want to be clear too, I know that and I do believe that sacks are a quarterback stat. At least they should wear some blame. But just this just gives you an approximation. The bottom ten in these metrics, from the bottom to 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 the to the tenth best, the Giants, Washington, Rams, Bengals, the Bears. I put an asterisk by the Bears because I think these sacks are mostly Justin Fields' fault. He is holding onto the ball so much longer than anybody else on this list. Uh, the Ravens, the Titans, the Broncos, the Colts. And which we can talk about them with transition into Thursday night and the Jets. But the ones that stand out to me, obviously the Bengals, 
not fix their line. Washington, I think we know we just talked about with Wentz. The Rams, dude, that's my biggest problem with the Rams is that their offensive line is absolutely miserable. Baltimore, you got to hope that they get healthier. Uh, whenever Ronnie Stanley's like you know ready to rock here as a as a star left tackle, and then the Colts, man, the Colts, I think have sneakily been just absolutely brutal on the offensive line. Couple thoughts. So totally great point about the quarterback and the sack. I don't have the tweet up, but there was a, a real interesting one this week about how, yes, Fields is a magnitude of among quarterbacks that holds it by far the most. But all the leaders in that category are rushing quarterbacks except Joe Burrow. Yes. Okay. So his stats, uh, his sacks are no, uh, are, are a lot on him. You know, that's why the improved offensive line and the sacks are still coming. You know, it's definitely on, on him. But I mean, it results in a lot of deep passes too. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's why he led the league in NYPA last year. So a uh, Scott Barrett tweet. Percentage of carries to gain fewer than one yard this season. James Robinson, number one. Cam Akers, number two. But here's why I bring it up. Last among 49 qualified backs, Daryl Henderson. So if Akers is getting the most uh, percentage of uh, carries fewer than one yard and Henderson's getting the last, does this mean anything? I don't know, but it's it's something. I mean, it's is it so I guess the answer is it's a combination of offensive line and, and running back slash quarterback. I mean, it's just a combination of all this. That's why it's so tough to to grade and figure out what's going on. I mean, do you have any thoughts on that, Harmon? Well, I think when you watch the Rams, nobody respects them as a vertical passing team right now. And so why would you not come close to the line of scrimmage? You know, their offensive line is a mess, right? So I think that's the biggest problem here. And it's it a formation? Is it a tell? Maybe you know, and what just when they're running the call? Is it maybe it maybe do or do you think Henderson's know, yeah. flat out way better than Akers still hasn't recovered from Achilles? I mean, I, I don't know. Either way, they're neither are usable in fantasy terms, which is pretty frustrating coming from a system in which Todd Gurley scored fifty four touchdowns over a three year <laughs> span. You know, and it was the Yahtzee for it. Now it's suddenly unusable. No, even if they're even if Akers is treated like a workhorse, it's it's really kind of wild. I think Henderson just flat out has more pop. You know, whether he's better or not, I don't know, but um, he definitely has more juice when he gets the ball. You know, like he's he's had some decent runs here the first few weeks, but I don't know. They just never seem to really trust Daryl Henderson, right? Like they're always going to give it back to Cam Akers. Maybe they think he can like sustain more, but dude, they're not sustaining anything right now, man. I mean, this this offense is I, I really don't know what to say about about how bad the Rams are because and, and I, it. Like I said, I'll go down with the ship with Allen Robinson, of course, but um, that's been a huge problem. Their lack of like creativity is a huge problem. And I really think that, you know, whether Robinson is absolutely, you know, is absolutely toast or whatever. I mean, the, the freaking Rams right now, they're uh, they're 21st in an offensive uh, yards per drive right now like their offense sucks like they got to do something different um Andrew Whitworth retired I mean their yeah. left tackle retired I mean I mean it's that that's something yeah the the, the thing their center like got I, hurt Monday night I mean yeah. no they have injuries they're all on, along their, the whole third, offensive line yeah yeah they're on their third center man and, and there are other guys breaking it on the offensive line too like my problem with you know again I'm I'm, I'm really trying to like give any sort of silver lining with Allen Robinson possible because it just kills me what's what's happening here I never want to like rip like ripping Arthur Smith for not getting Kyle Pitts involved is a little silly when the team is way out kicking their expectations you know killing the Bills for not getting Gabe Davis involved is a little silly when the team has been just fine they've looked like one of the best teams in the NFL the Rams are in trouble, man. Like they got to start thinking about something else other than like how many times can Matthew Stafford throw to Cooper Cup on his first read? How many? You know, like they've got to figure something else out. I don't know what that is. I don't know if like 
they can do something else with Allen Robinson. I mean, he's certainly, like I said, he's certainly a declining player. There's literally no question about that. He Those d- demonstrators showed more moves than Robinson in the open field Monday night, <laughs> let me tell you. It was not. 100%. Uh, yeah. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. But they've got to try something else because, like, it's okay to criticize them right now because the offense stinks out loud, okay? So that's that's kind of where I come down on with that. But they're absolutely – like this offensive line might be the reason that they don't do what they um, are supposed to do this year. You know, not that my team Niners don't waste picks all the time too, but you know they just had a luxury pick and they took Tutu Atwell. A that guy is who's, egregious. You know, skinny yes. as myself. I mean, everyone at the time is like, "What are you doing?" Like I, yeah. you know, and it comes, it hurts. You know, so you're going to need depth uh, possibly in the future, and that 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 was a big swing and miss. I think that the Van Jefferson injury also went really, really under discussed because like Van Jefferson can play, man, like he's yeah. pretty good and he is a big time deep threat for them. By the way, how do you not rank Rig- Higby like top five? That guy is just getting all the know, targets, even absurd. if they're three yards. It's just absurd. I mean, it's just he's like they're he, he he's who I thought Dalton Schultz was going to be, you know, a good offense. Otherwise, but just sneakily, sneakily depleted and maybe not a good athlete. He's just going to constantly be getting targeted underneath. And that Higby's the, the who I thought Dalton Schultz was going to be this year. Yeah, and once again, like those targets suck for the Rams. Like they're not, they're not great. Um, they need oh, PPR. Else. They work though, but yeah. they work in fantasy, baby. They yeah. <laughs> they cook in fantasy. So, um, yeah, the Rams got to figure something else out. Uh, let's talk about the Colts here, and then we'll transition to Thursday Night Football. Obviously, Colts at Broncos. Broncos are three and a half point favorites. Um, the the Colts offensive line has been a real problem. Like their their adjusted line yards really bad. Their sack rate is really high. Obviously, I think some of that is Matt Ryan, but. This went from a team where, and this happens, right, with offensive lines. Like, look at the Cowboys. We used to talk about, and they've looked like they've hit on another guy in Tyler Smith, but, like, we used to talk about them as a rock-solid unit. And then guys started aging out. Guys started getting hurt. But even, like, their players that you were supposed to be counting on with the Colts on offensive line, like Quentin Nelson got rocked a couple times in Tennessee. Um, So that's a huge issue for this team because the whole thesis of the Matt Ryan thing was he was going to come in here and be protected well. And when he's protected, well, he can still get it done. He's not getting protected well. And he's getting, getting crushed from like a sack perspective, which is, I think brought the whole ceiling down on the Colts regardless. And now with Jonathan Taylor out for this game, the ceiling is even lower. Yeah, it's bad. I'm aggressively ranking the Broncos D this week. It's a problem. Short week traveling now. No Taylor. Ugh, and there's no, I mean, what do you do? I mean, you can give me your thoughts on Hines versus Deion Jackson there. But yeah, it's not great. Even our guy Pittman, who has a tough matchup this week too. And yeah. a, a quarterback that looks five years older than we expected. Another situation there with a the new quarterback. And, you know, man, I'm definitely going to pump the brakes on, on the wide receivers when I rank going into a season to have new quarterbacks. It's just, there's just it's too much projection there. But um, Pittman, and hopefully we'll, we'll still be fine. There's, there's certainly no one else emerging there for targets. And with no Taylor, that's good news for Pittman's fantasy value, um, actually. But um, hopefully Taylor is not a high ankle sprain in the short week is why he's out. He'll come back quickly because looking at last year through the first four weeks, I believe he was like RB22 and this year he's RB20. So there's you know plenty of time for him to turn around, but obviously he needs to be healthy to do that. But um, yeah, it's uh, not great in Indy from the offensive line and quarterback. And now in a short week traveling and playing, uh, you know, Denver defense, a lot's gone wrong in Denver, but their defense is, is playing well, although, although Gregory will be out for this one. Dude, <laughs> Pat Sertan, flat out baller. That guy is the next like great cornerback for the Denver Broncos. He gave our guy Ayuk plenty of troubles when they went up against him on Sunday night. Um, and Ayuk is a good player, right? But like Devontae Adams and him, I mean, Adams ended up getting home for fantasy, but that was a great 
um, overall just battle between uh, those two players, like two just greats going at it. Matt Ryan has fumbled nine times this year, bro. Wow. Nine times in, in four weeks in terms of like EPA lost on fumbles right now. Uh, Matt Ryan is sixth. The only guys who are higher are Trevor Lawrence, who had a big fumbling problem, mm, you know, yeah, like yeah. you know, yeah. last week. Uh, Joe Flacco, Bailey Zappi, Andy Dalton, and Malik Willis, like who these guys have like barely played. But yeah, Matt Ryan just like the fumbles are are crushing them right now, which you you think would level out at some point, but it's a part of the fact that their offensive line has been so bad. You know, Michael Pittman, like where are you going to rank him this week? Because I think he still has a decent floor. But Sertan, really good. You know, the secondary corners in Denver, maybe not as good. Like, is this a moment where Pierce could step up or, or Ashton Doolin or something like that? I have him as my wide receiver 18. I guess that looks about consensus, so nothing uh, crazy there. But yeah, I'd have expectations in check, but the volume should be there. Probably playing from behind, no no Taylor, but it's it's definitely more of a uh, a wide receiver two week for him than a, than a smash week. Andy and I talked about, I think, on Monday that Naheem Hines had a really interesting quote about this this week where like the fact they break in a new quarterback every single year. It's like this is why we always start slow. So I don't know. I'm I'm not giving up on the Colts offense just yet, but they have to turn it around from an offensive line perspective. And this matchup, maybe not the best to do it. So I feel like the Colts are pretty straightforward. And I'm definitely on Naheem Hines this week. Um, They treated him like a feature back at times in preseason. And like Deion Jackson has mostly been a a career special teamer. Uh, They could elevate Philip Lindsay from the practice squad, but I feel like that's pretty thin. Like, if you got to play Philip Lindsay, your team is in some trouble from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, if Hines ranked as RB31, looks like his ECR is 38, but you're probably playing him in a flex if you have him without yeah. uh, Taylor, certainly in, in PPR. Um, yeah, do you have any uh, conversely, have any thoughts on the Broncos side? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk Broncos here. Uh, offensive coordinator Justin Otten told reporters Melvin Gordon would, quote, carry the load, obviously. Um, you better carry that football. Better hold on to that thing, man. How much are you buying Melvin Gordon as like the feature back for this team? I have a lot of Javante Williams. Not even necessarily like I targeted him, but I was looking at my teams and man, I have uh, quite a bit of him and it looked like he was taking over that backfield. I mean, Melvin Gordon didn't see a touch until I think late second quarter and then he fumbled. So he was totally going to be uh, mothballed. Uh, very frustrating, but it is what it is. And it sounds like a serious injury too, not just a clean ACL tear, more of the no. Dobbins variety. So that sucks. So um, what are we looking at here for, uh, for, 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 for the Denver situation? Probably um, Melvin Gordon is going to get the first crack, be the lead back for sure. Man, this fumbling issue is dealt from about, back to last year, though. If he puts yeah. it on the carpet again, it, it very easily could be out the rest of that game. So there I is know. a risk. Having said that, I still ranked him. I ranked him like top 20 because he's looking at a heavy workload. Uh, Mike Boone should be rostered in all leagues just to see what happens there for sure. And uh, Russell Wilson has a banged up shoulder and it's a short week. Um, so something to pay attention to. This is a pass funnel Colts defense. They're top 10 in EPA per rush, bottom 10 in EPA per pass. So uh, something to pay attention to there for sure. I, you know, my guy, Jerry Judy. Uh, he was okay last week. Didn't totally smash, but he, he was all he right. Rolled in, he rolled into the end zone, Dalton. We yes, love that. Yeah, um, yes, we, yeah. Do, we do love that. Man, yeah, this matchup's tough because uh, the pass defense for Indianapolis definitely leaves something to be desired. Um, from a single-game DFS perspective, I know you like Jerry Judy at 15 bucks. 
Well, well, here's the thing with t- with Taylor out, you, the salary does not does not matter in the Yahoo DFS game Thursday night. You can play all the the most expensive guys you want. So yeah. maybe you try to try to get different or something. But if Denver defense could score score a lot of points, but uh, or maybe <laughs> really go a Mike could. Boone or something. But uh, yeah, uh, I do I do like Judy once again. It's a good setup. But but Sutton does appear to be the number yeah. one guy. But I mean, he's he's his salary's higher. So. Yeah, I might have to take the L on. Well, not that I was out on Cortland Sutton, um, but he's played really, really well the last three weeks. He looked bad. He looked bad in the opener, but he's looked good since then. Um, and, and they've also started to, like I said, with Terry McLaurin and these guys like George Pickens that are just running a bunch of go routes. You know, he, they had him run a bunch of go routes in week one, and, and I feel like they've got him really some more routes, more more balanced out route tree with Cortland Sutton the last few weeks, and he's responded. He's looked really good. I think the best thing Cortland Sutton does is run like slant routes and runs like a dig route, stuff like that, over the middle of the field. Sutton's looked really good. He's 19 bucks. I would definitely pick him in single game DFS. Like I think you're kind of getting too cute if you don't. But I also don't mind like these other Colts receivers that are not Paris Campbell. Again, like Paris Campbell <laughs> just, oh, yeah. just ain't it. And I say this now, he'll probably score like, you know, three touchdowns or something in this game. Um, but, you know, Michael Pittman's all the way up there at 17 bucks. Uh, VCU's finest. Moali Cox is 13 bucks. I don't know if you – I don't think you can really chase. I, I'm ready to get hurt again by Moali Cox because his route uh, participation did jump in week four. So I'd at least keep your eye on that. But I don't know if you can really – like, I, I don't know if you can really chase that tight end room. But the receivers on the Colts, Paris Campbell, Ashton Doolin, you know, Alec Pierce, all these guys are 10 bucks in our daily fantasy game. So I think Alec Pierce is the best of the bunch from a talent perspective and has the high air yards per target. So I'd, I'd, I'd think about throwing a throwing a, you know, a, st- a, a dart on him. But that's probably it. That's been frustrating for the indie receivers. The last two weeks, all four touchdown passes from Matt Ryan have gone to tight ends and two different ones. And sticking with tight end, Albert Zero played, I believe, one snap last week. So go ahead and drop him. That's without... Uh, the 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 rookie too is going to be back. Greg Dulcich, uh, yeah. Dulcich is going to be back. So yeah, just just brutal. Albert Zero. Um, uh, yeah, I, I like Alec Pierce. <laughs> Alec Pierce dropped one in the um in the end zone too a couple weeks ago. He could have a Week touchdown. One, yeah. yeah, Pierce. Yeah, Pierce. Oh yeah, there you go. And Pierce, he's he's he looks like a player out there. Definitely more than Paris Campbell. Um, yeah, he's he's looks uh, totally droppable. So um, yeah, hopefully this is a close game uh, Thursday night. But it sucks that that Taylor's out and Wilson's dealing with an injury. Yeah, they're the two best players on each offense. Well, and Javante Williams, and yeah, Williams yeah, out right. for this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's a bummer. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't have high expectations for this game from a fantasy perspective, but certainly we, they're at least like these offenses are pretty concentrated. The fact that Alberto is is totally you know zero here, as you mentioned, Albert zero. What a monster! And Hackett is entertaining. Hackett is entertainment. There's at least that factor. There's so. that. Yeah, uh, Greg Dulcich. I'm glad you brought him up because I would think about. They apparently all the talk out of Denver is that they want him to be the guy, and he certainly looks like he's going to be. I mean, Al- Albert O ain't going to stand in his way, right? And like these guys, like Eric Saubert, aren't going to stand in his way. So, rookie tight ends usually get off to a slow start. Greg Dulcich has been hurt all off season, hurt into the season. So I don't know how, how much high expectations we could have, but they certainly need a number three pass catcher to emerge there. So keep an eye on Greg Dulcich when and if he does get activated. Anything else on this game, Dalton? Uh, just. Hackett will definitely be entertaining yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, just curious to see the, the Denver running back situation. Can Gordon become the guy? Is Mike Boone going to be involved? That That's my main thing I'm looking for. All right, well, there you go. That is going to do it for us. You can follow Dalton on Twitter at Dalton Del Don. You can follow me at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And while you're there, follow the at Yahoo Fantasy account for some absolute heaters throughout the game tonight. If you like the show, 
make sure you leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you are listening on. It would really go a long way to helping us. And of course, if you don't like the show, you can just file that feedback directly to me on Twitter. And uh, not, you know, not everybody's for everybody. We'll just keep moving there. Our old buddy Frank Schwab returns tomorrow to help preview the week five slate of games. Until then, we're out. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.